Welcome everybody to Zone 159 Sports. I'm CJ Nicholas and I have Bobby with me, my cousin. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a few things in sports society right now. Uh, first thing I want to start talking about is the NBA playoffs. Bobby, how are we feeling about them? Uh, we're looking like the Phoenix Suns are up 3-0. So um, I'm thinking the Phoenix Suns are going to come out the West. And uh, it looks like it's up in the air for the East. I don't know, man. You got to remember, Donovan Mitchell's on the other side. You got to be scared about him. Donovan Mitchell, you can't count out. Same with Rudy Gobert. Defensive player of the year three times in a row. You know what I mean? So you got to be off the, uh, on the lookout for them. Uh, but other than that, yeah, Phoenix is a great team. Got a lot of veterans, as you said, and, and uh, Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. And then they got young stars. Devin Booker is looking like a young Kobe Bryant out there, man. I'm kind of scared about that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Devin Booker is – he's showing off now. And um, exactly what you said, uh, Donovan Mitchell, he's going off in uh, the playoffs. Rudy Gobert, you can't count them out. Um, I think that will be the last two standing, but I give Phoenix the edge. Uh, you got that veteran with uh, Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, like you brought up. And I just think the toughness of Phoenix and the youth is going to be too much. I I definitely think that in the East, I think in Brooklyn's going to come out of it in the top. I mean, I hate to say that because I'm an underdog kind of guy, but just looking at it, I mean – they're putting Milwaukee down. Milwaukee's a great team. Uh, Giannis, you have Drew Holiday, and you have Chris Middleton, and some role players like P.J. Tucker and Brooke Lopez and other people like that that are definitely helping the team out. Uh, and Brooklyn is just beating them out of the water, and especially with ja- without James Harden, it's it's looking like uh, it's looking like Brooklyn will be in the finals along with. For me, it's either between the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz. I agree. I agree with that. I don't think uh, anyone has uh, the firepower in the East to actually compete with the Nets, even without James Harden. Yeah, James Harden is definitely my favorite player on Brooklyn. I'm okay with Kevin Durant, but, like, with Kevin Durant, he's kind of a – kind of one of those players that goes to teams where he can only win he doesn't want to try to do it himself he doesn't want to try to make a team better he just wants to make a team great and he wants to have the best team of all time every single time every team he's on so with that being said I James Harden is my favorite player on that team I mean we could talk about Kyrie Irving but being Boston fans I'm pretty sure that we both hate him so oh that would be right but uh let's talk about um Blake Griffin Showing, he's looking like the old Blake Griffin of old, like the Clipper days. Yeah, I saw this thing on Instagram. It said that Blake Griffin owes the Detroit Pistons a bag and a half because he faked an injury, and then after that, just wanted to get out of there. I mean, he wanted to stay in LA. He he loved LA. He loved LA a lot. But then after that, the LA Clippers owner was like, "No, we're bu- we're building a new team," so he sent him off somewhere else. And then after that, that kind of had some bad blood there. And then after he was like, he was kind of being petty about playing. He didn't want to, you know, play for Detroit at all. He got sent to a team that he didn't want to be at. And now he's in Brooklyn and he's loving it. And he might end up winning a ring with it, which would be honestly quite nice for some of the players on that team. But either way, you haven't had a team that's uh, won since, what was it, 1983? 
Um, so either way, it's going to be a change up for the NBA right now. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think Brooklyn should be utilizing uh, DeAndre a lot more, though, with James out, and I haven't seen a lot of him. Uh, yeah, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. So, yes, I agree with that, but at the same time, I don't because you have Claxton, and he's a young stud. You know, he's – a lot of people don't give him the props that he deserves. I mean, I think he's one of, you know, the best overlooked players – in their draft right now. And I, I think that, uh, I think overall, um, they're trying to utilize him more, get him going because they see DeAndre Jordan getting older and older and older. They're kind of wanting to use DeAndre Jordan as a six man. It kind of looks like, so. Yeah. Oh, so I want to get into, um, Celtics head coaching. All right. Yeah. Go for it. All right, so there's a bunch of candidates uh, for the Celtics head coaching vacancy, and you got people like Bill Ups. There's rumors about Ray Allen, um, David Fisdale. Uh, the list can go on and on about who's going to be the Celtics head coach. I think we should take a snag at Chauncey. So here's the thing with Boston. With Boston, I, I love Boston. Boston is my hometown. Boston is what I rep, but – um. At the same time, I've known with Boston that they like to get the rumors out there, get people start thinking, get people hyped up about something. And then after that, they drop a bombshell on you that you didn't even know about before. So I think with all the rumors and everything, I think your top two candidates right now are going to be Chauncey Billups and Jason Kidd. Now, I know there's I know there's rumors about Jason Kidd right now pulling out of the Celtics office and not wanting to be there. But you got to remember something. Boston is one of those types of players. Like, look at what they did with Kevin Durant. There was a bunch of rumors about Kevin Durant coming to the Celtics. Boston getting Kevin Durant. Boston talking to Kevin Durant. All that. And we were all hyped about it. And then after that, boom, they decided to trade Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie and also decided to go pick up Gordon Hayward. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, you got to kind of you got you got to look at that because yes, we are going to get a new coach regardless. But yes, who 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 is it that you think is going to be? And I think Jason Kidd. I think Jason Kidd has that um, X factor that nobody realizes he has because he kind of built up Giannis without anybody knowing. And he had he had two he had two bad years with a Brooklyn team that was like falling apart. So if you think about it, I think Jason Kidd definitely deserves um a chance. But yes, if you're gonna ask me who we're going with, I think it is Chauncey Billups. And there's a, there's like a few uh sleepers out there like Sam Cassell, um you know, Becky Hammond, uh the woman assistant coach of the Spurs. I wouldn't so, mind that. I would shake up some things, and I would not mind that at all. That would shake up a lot, and it wouldn't. She's she's great. It would be a great pickup. Yeah, honestly, I think anybody that will uh, be mentored by um, probably one of the greatest coaches of all time, and Greg Popovich. I think I think that she could do some damage, especially with the Celtics team that we got going right now. Um, Honestly, the people that I would like to see is I would like to see that uh, 
I, I would love to see the Spurs assistant coach. Uh, that would shake up the NBA a lot. I mean, we, we probably wouldn't get props for it, but at the same time, I'm sure that we would be kicking ass just like Boston always does. So, I agree. I agree. Now, um, about, you know, moving on from Kemba. They want to they move on. Kemba wants to move on. What do you think we should do about that? Package him in a deal for Damian Lillard. That yeah, is my go-to. First-round picks. Yep, that's perfectly fine. Give me Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is built different and can give up the ball when needed. He doesn't complain. He doesn't do any of that. He is a star, and he is a Boston-type player that Boston desperately needs right now. I think if you're going to go get a big man, you have to package in Robert Williams. But I think if you... I think if you go for Damian Lillard, I think you give two guards, three guards, and then maybe two first-rounders, and you go and you get one of the biggest stars in the NBA right now. That would shake up the East. That would shake up the whole league. I think that would put Boston in uh, the Nets' contention for next year. I think we would beat the Nets. I, I, if we get, if we get Damian Lillard and somehow keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Robert Williams, that's a hot take that I'm willing to take. I am taking the Celtics over the Brooklyn Nets next year if they do that. I think it would definitely be a game seven series where Boston edges it out. Yep. And then after that, you'd see Boston back where they belong. It's been years. At the same time, you can't count out on people like, you know, you can't count out on Trey Young next year. You can't count out on the Dallas Mavericks next year. That could be another contending team with them wanting to move on from Porzingis. You can't count out the Lakers next year with the moves that you know they're going to do because LeBron James is going to trade half of that team again. You know, there's there's yeah, going to be exactly. a lot of shakeups in the NBA that nobody knows about yet, and it's like, it's like, okay, well, yeah, if the Celtics get Damian Lillard, that's great, but what is the rest of the East, what is the rest of the West going to do to make sure that they're on top? You know what I mean? Because look at, uh, I know it's going into a different sport, but look at the Patriots. The Patriots in free agency, they were, after the free agency, they were like, oh, Patriots are back as a Super Bowl contender. And then after that, we drafted Mac Jones. And, oh, they're definitely going to win if they start Mac Jones and all that. And then, boom, Julio gets traded to Tennessee. You know, that's that's the kind of stuff that you got to watch out for. Yes, the Celtics will improve. Yes, the Celtics will get better. But how are the other teams going to respond to that? Right. And you can't count out Golden State, you know, they're going to do something and they're getting Clay back. Will Clay be healthy? Uh, we'll find I think, out. I, I think I think you're going to see Clay get traded in the offseason. It could happen, but they, they adore Clay. Yeah, they adore Clay, but when a Bradley Bale trade comes up. I'd do that. I would do that. You know what I mean? I would, yep, I would do that trade in the heartbeat. Because you know they're going to be in the talks for Bradley Bale because they don't have a really good shooting guard. They don't know if Clay's going to come back at 100%. You know they're going to try. You know how the media is. The media is going to try to push him out of Golden State, which is fully deserved because, honestly, he deserves his own team. So. Yeah, he deserves a chance. Um, 
he's going to come back, and I think he's going to do great things. I also think um, there's a there was a rumor going around for if we don't get Dame Lillard, like you were saying, and you want, I think this trade would be good for the South. I think you trade Kemba Walker and you package a few picks or young players with um, going after Lonzo Ball and Stephen Adams. Which I do like. I like going after first Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo Ball would be a great point guard to fit with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Only because he's a pass-first point guard. Kind of like a Rondo situation there. And then if you add Steven Adams, your starting lineup would look like Lonzo Ball, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Robert Williams, and then Steven Adams. And then after that, you would have Smart. Coming off the bench. Yeah. And then maybe one of your young pieces like Romeo Lanford as your seventh man, which I don't mind because I think Romeo Lanford is on the rise and is going to be a great player. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. So with free agency, who do you think the Celtics are going to try to get? With free agency, I think we're going to – there's not many big names out in free agency. You're right, but there are such things as role players that they definitely need. And I got one in mind, um, Josh Hart. You like Josh Hart, huh? I like Josh Hart. I think he's underrated. Um, he was great with the Lakers, and he got shipped out of the town because of LeBron and those package deals with all the young guys. And he's a decent player to come off the bench in uh, New Orleans. Now, I like that. I like Josh Hart. I like the idea of him. But you got to remember, we need to look for more forwards. I know we just got Jabari Parker. I would definitely keep him. He was doing great in the playoffs. When nobody was trying, I saw Jabari Parker trying the most out of everybody. So I think you need to keep him. I think he's going to end up, you know, being better than everybody thinks. And I think he's going to be like a Grant Hill type of player where he was supposed to be great and kept on getting injured and injured and injured. And then after that, in the end of his career, be good again. You know what I mean? I think he's going to be that type of player. Um, I like, I like the thought of going after Isaiah Thomas. I mean, I think that we should bring him back after all the hell we put him through, and especially that he's not getting a team or anything else like that. And not even just that. The only reason why we didn't pick him up after that is because of Danny Ainge. So, therefore, I think Brad Stevens was an Isaiah guy, and I think he will bring him back, and I would love to see that too. Or you can bring in a big dude, a mentor, and you get him cheap because of the injuries to Marcus Cousins, or you go after Serge Ibaka. So, you see, Serge Ibaka, I'm pretty sure, just signed a deal with Clippers again. Well, he has a player option that he's opting out. He's already said it. Oh, he's opting out. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would be nice. I thought we should have gone after him before. I think I think if you're gonna go if you're gonna go after Serge Ibaka, you gotta get rid of Tristan Thompson. I feel like he has to be part of that deal that you trade Kemba with. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For um, sure. I think you know, I was seeing these rumors about another person for Kemba is would you go after Al Horford again? No, I wouldn't. I you would not. Wouldn't. I would. I would take back 
Avery Bradley before Al Horford, strictly because of Avery Bradley's defense. I know we need a big man, but no, I wouldn't take Al Horford back. I think he's soft. Yeah, but at the same time, Al Horford was a big reason why those playoffs were even a thing. So now if we make Al Horford a backup and make him like a veteran-type player, kind of like of how like Jake Crowder is right now, I feel like he would be the perfect fit for to mentor somebody like Robert Williams. The mentor part, yeah. I would take him to be a mentor, definitely. Coming off the bench, not a lot of minutes, but I, just, I think his time in Boston probably is done. I mean, you're probably right, but at the same time, there's a lot of rumors about that, too. Uh, I think, you know, another thing that you could do is you could just go trade Kemba for a big uh, one-on-one without anything. Like, I would I would take Porzingis. I would take Porzingis. I would, uh, I would definitely, because that would open up Marcus Smart to be our starting point guard. True. So I wouldn't mind that either. The thing Marcus Smart needs to stop doing is throwing up unnecessary three-pointers. And the new coach will have, uh, you know, kind of have to make that a thing. Well, if we get Chauncey Billups, he was part of Detroit. And we both know Detroit, both of their championship teams, they were both defensive. Yep. Defensive coordinator. So I, that's why I like the thought of Chauncey. Um, you see, that's the thing with the the assistant coach from the Spurs. I forget her name. Um, oh, uh, Carol. Um, yeah, I think it's Carol Lawson. All right. So the thing with Carol is coming into a league where there is mostly men, right? And I'm not saying this because, you know, I'm trying to be sexist or whatever like that. But, like, what are the chances the the guy basketball players are going to listen to a female coach? Right. And I got the name wrong. It, I looked it up. It's actually Becky Hammond. But I agree with you that, well, you got to think, though, eventually someone's going to make that jump to have a woman coach. And I think it would be good for the league. And But the other thing is, do you think men players, you know, will listen to a woman coach? That's a debate we could go all that's, day about. That's a debate because if you have – I'm telling you right now, if you go after somebody like Rajon Rondo again, he barely yeah. listened to Brad Stevens because Brad Stevens was younger than him, never mind having a girl coach. So I can see the difficulty in that. You see what I'm saying, though? Like, that's the thing that you got to recognize. Like, trust me, I would love to have her as a coach. I'm not saying that she was a bad coach or anything, but, like, at the same time, when you have players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and, you know, all these players, they're definitely coming back pissed off because of what Kyrie Irving did when he when he stepped on the logo. So, with all that being said, you really think that, like, they're going to do – they're gonna they're gonna like start a season with a girl coach. That, that I don't. That's, something, that's something to think about though. That's something to think about. Like you're gonna listen to somebody, you know? Like like I think I think that would be awesome to have her. Like I, I would love that. It would shake up the whole NBA. But at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, but there's ups and downs to that because not everybody's gonna want to play for a girl coach. You know what I mean? It's kind of like with the NFL right now with um, – I'm not trying to be racist or anything, but, like, with black coaches. Yep. 
You know what I mean? Like there's that racial like thing there that like they don't want black people in the office for some reason, which is crazy to me. I think that is absurd. I think that's absurd because look at the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins has one of the best coaches in the league and he's very underrated because of his skin color. And that's not right at all. Not we right. Also look, there's been plenty of black coaches that were successful. We got there's still one in the league right now, Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Tomlin was very successful. Yep. You're right. And that's I don't, I don't see that, why they do that. Yeah, it's it's like it's like an office thing. Like when you have like a white guy that's like you know uh, in charge of an NFL team, they don't want the black people in office, which is freaking crazy because of probably how much more they know the game than anybody else. I agree. I agree. So yeah, that so narrative like, has to change. You know what I mean? Because I've been in the hood. I've been I've been there. You know what are they doing? They're playing sports right away. Right away, right, right off the get-go. So they probably know more than any of us. And that's a crazy thing to think about is, like, they, like, yeah, we think we know a lot, but, like, what if they got into it? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something stupid, but getting back to the girl coach thing, I would love to see it. But there is that up and down that I think with a young, young GM in Brad Stevens, that is, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't either. Um, it would shake up. It would be interesting, but I don't think the NBA is ready for a woman coach. How uh, bad that sounds. I just don't think they're ready for that. I don't. And that's nothing against Becky or Kara or any of them. They're great coaches. I just think we just finally made the step with the NBA to get even them as an assistant. Now, I just think it's too early. But it would shake up a lot, and I think it would be good for the NBA. But that being said, it's not going to happen. Well, not even just that. You got to remember. I think it was ten years ago when my when Miami had LeBron or whatever it was. How many years ago? And these girls were just becoming referees, and that was like a big thing. And then after that, five years later, boom, they started being assistant coaches. So I mean, I could see it happening. I just can't see it happening in Boston where the Boston even said they are so key on getting a um, different race coach than their GM. So that's why Chauncey fits the bill. Chauncey does, but so does Allen. Yeah, yeah. Allen does, but, but, you know. And nobody's talking about that. Talk about Nobody, that. Nobody's talking about how crazy that is, but look at what Steve Nash is doing right now. One of the best offensive players of all time, and boom, he's making the Brooklyn Nets look flawless because I'm telling you right now, if you had any other coach in that spot, I promise you they would not be as good as what they are right now. And that's a hot take, but that is the truth because you have one of the best passers of all time as your head coach. Well, that's where I'm going to be like, well, maybe the players are overshadowing the coach in that one because there's so many superstars on that team. I don't think so. I think, I think, dude, because I've been watching Brooklyn's games all year. And the one thing that I've seen from them that I haven't seen from those players in a while, like the last time I seen a passing team like that, I'm pretty sure it was a Utah Jazz team. And may and a Boston Celtics team when they had Isaiah Thomas. That was the last time I saw a passing team like that. They are making every right pass, every right move, every right time. And the reason why that they have that is because they have such a great coach in Steve Nash. 
Steve Nash is a good coach. He was, um, I think he was an assistant for Golden State for a while too. And that's what I'm saying. That's why, that's why, you know, I mean, that passing, what, what, what makes Golden State so good when they have all their guys? What makes them so good? Oh, they facilitate, find the open, uh, find Steph Curry open for that three. Well, not even just that. It doesn't have to be Steph Curry. It can be Clay Thompson. It can now be Andrew Wiggins. It can be Draymond Green in, down low for a midi. It can be James Wiseman now in the post. Like they are going to be so good at passing. It's it and finding the open person. And that's that's a game. That's a game. That's a type of gameplay that both Steve Kerr and Steve Nash learned, and now Steph Curry. And you know what? I'm telling you right now, I think they're probably the two best offensive coaches of all time. Who? Steve Nash? I think Steve Nash will go down as one of the best offensive-oriented offensive, offensive oriented coaches of all time. We will see. Um, I can agree that that will, can happen. Because think about it. Think about it. Even when they were playing, dude, even when they were playing, they were both pass first, pass first, pass first. You saw Steve Nash in a dunk contest bounce it off his head onto Stoudemire for a dunk. Like they're they're so pass oriented that they're gonna make their team so pass oriented, and it's gonna get teams so tired that when you know they try to play defense, it's gonna it's gonna work sometimes because they're gonna steal a pass or two. But eight out of ten times, it's gonna work with the passing and finding that open person. Yeah, strictly on the offensive side, but defensive side, the Nets suck at defense. Um, true. So you you got to find, like, I think Nash got to find something kind of in the middle. But, I mean, you got Kevin Durant, uh, underrated defender. Um, uh, Kyrie can't really defend. And James Harden just doesn't show up to defend. So you kind of can't blame Steve Nash. It's just the players at that point. Exactly. And that's that all comes down to the heart to want to win. And that's the thing that I was talking about with my girlfriend a few days ago is nobody. And I mean, nobody has that mentality to, you know, push harder and win and do better. You know, like when they get kicked down, they get kicked down and that's it. Like nobody has that mentality to just go up and get right back up and say, you know what? Nah, fuck you. I'm going to get this. I agree. And, you know, it's a sad sight to see, but like when, when I remember when I was little and everything and I got, cause I was playing with like 25 year olds and 30 year olds and all that. When I was about eight years old, when I got, when I got trampled on or something like that, I got right back up and I hit a three right in their face. Like, and then after that, I stole the ball and I went in for a layup after that. Like that's, that's, that's the mentality that I'm talking about. No, there's very few people in the NBA that has that. And I'm telling you right now, the two people that I see having it right now, I'll say three, the three people I see having that right now is Jason Tatum, Devin Booker and Bradley Bill. Those are the only three players that I can say I see it in. Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker, you said? Yep. Jason. Uh, I would give it to one more player. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. What I've seen 
Okay. He's, okay. He's a, he's a he's, sniper. He's a killer. He's, so yes, but he's very offensive oriented. Like when he gets down on defense, like if you beat Donovan Mitchell, nine out of ten times you're beating the Utah Jazz because Rudy Gobert can't do anything when Donovan Mitchell's down. Yeah, they need each other. So like Donovan Mitchell is that type of player, but if he was alone, he wouldn't be. That's the thing. Now that's where Donovan Mitchell reminds me of a D Wade. Yeah, exactly. And that, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but when you talk about that Kobe and Michael Jordan and all that, like that mentality that they had to freaking win, dude. I the Out of this year, the three players that I saw it from was Jason Tatum at the beginning of the season and the end of the season when he was putting up 50. I saw it from Bradley Beal the whole season when he didn't take a break and he was getting the dubs for them. And then I saw it out of Devin Booker, and I'm seeing it right now in the playoffs. I agree with you. I do, 100. percent That's 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 where I am with that. Like it's it's just you know like nobody now that Kobe's gone and everything, he can't give it to anybody. You know, Kyrie's too much of a prick to look at it like that because he was the one that was taught out of the most out, out of all of them. Then you have Kevin Durant that thinks he's the best freaking defender and offensive player of all time, and he thinks that he can, you know, just join every team he wants, and then, boom, they automatically become good. And then you have LeBron that's a – I don't even want to talk about LeBron, but then you have LeBron that thinks he's the GOAT of all time, and he can't even lace up Kobe or Jordan's shoes. Can't even lace them up. No, not and then all. you have, and then you have. I see it a little bit in Giannis, but I only see it in him in the regular season. So I can't even say that from him because, you know, we haven't seen anything from Giannis in the playoffs because he always crumbles. I mean, if you look at it like that, James Harden is too offensive oriented to go back on defense. So there's that, and then after that, you have. Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis is kind of always hurt. You know, Russell Westbrook, I see it in him, but he's getting older. You know what I mean? Yeah, Russell is um, beginning to come out of his prime. He still is, what, averaging a triple-double? Well, I think think he'll average a triple-double for the rest of his career. I don't think that's going to go away. As long as he's a starter, I think he's going to be a triple-double person. The only thing with Russell is he doesn't work with other superstars because he's very ball-oriented. Well, he has been working flawlessly with Bradley Beal, and I'm telling you, I really like that duo together. I don't think it's going to last. I think Beal's out. I think he is too, but it's still it's it was still nice to see that Russ still had it, you know? Yeah. yeah. If Russ stays with Washington, it's – his career is going to be over before, you know, it started in Washington. Well, yeah. If Beal if leaves, granted. Yeah. But if he doesn't, they have a chance. They'll be a playoff team for sure. I think I think if they if they pull a few moves, you know, I think if they trade Bertons and another guy for – because I think uh, Roy, I think Roy, I think he's an up-and-coming star. I really do. I think he has that in him, you know. I don't think he's going to be like that Kevin Knox type player. I think he's going to be like that uh, Brennan Ingram type player where, you know, not necessarily length and everything, but like where it's like slowly coming up until you get to that star point. 
I think he, I think Roy, you're gonna I think you're gonna have that in him. I think Robin Lopez can be a good you know veteran and everything. I think I think that if you go out and if you go get one big man or two big men that are actually good, I think you have a chance to run with that team. I I think it's gonna be a playoff team. Uh, they they just got if the Celtics load up, they have no chance. Uh, Brooklyn obviously. I think they could get out of the fir- a first round, but they got to they got to make moves. That's true. They got to keep and they got to keep Beal. They got to get another with, starter and you know get some bench. That's a key with most of these teams, though. You know, it all comes down to what moves they make and when they make them. True. True. Like now like for, for Boston, yeah, for Boston, the time is now. You got to make those moves. You know, oh yeah, and then, it's either it's either it's do or die for Boston. But but then you have but then you have a team like the uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta, they're not they're, they're getting there. You know, yeah, they're up and coming. They are. They'll be there within the next two years. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, I don't know. Uh, to wrap it up for just tonight, uh, you want to talk about your NBA championship prediction and how many games you think it's going to go, and your two play your two teams that are going to be in it. Let's we could wrap it up with that. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so for my NBA finals, um, the two teams that I'm going to go with is I'm going to pick Phoenix Suns and the Brooklyn Nets. Now I, I agree with you. I think I think that Atlanta is well, put it this way, if Philadelphia gets out of Atlanta, I feel like Philadelphia is going to be in the finals. If Atlanta gets out of that playoff series, I think Brooklyn will be in the finals. Okay. Because I feel like I feel like other than Joe Harris, you don't have and maybe Nick Claxton, but he's not fully there yet. So other than Joe Harris, you don't have really a bench there. And I feel like that's gonna kill him because Philadelphia has a lot of role players that are really good and know their role. The only thing with Philly is you need a healthy Joel and as of right now, he's not really that healthy. But We'll see what happens. I, I do think that's going to be Phoenix and uh, Brooklyn, and I think that's going to go six games, and I think Phoenix is going to surprise everybody. See, I feel – so I wouldn't say six. I would say five. Okay. The reason why I'm saying five is because Phoenix has been blowing everybody out. That is true. Everybody. LeBron, Don, uh, it's going to be Donovan. Yep. And, Joke, and, and Jokic. I mean, to me, I think if you can beat those three stars, you can beat Brooklyn with no problem. And the reason why I'm saying five is because I feel without James Harden – that team is going to shut down Kevin Durant. And then after that, you're only with Kyrie Irving and Blake Griffin. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's that's the reason why I'm saying five is because I don't think that they can stop Devin Booker. 
I just don't think I think they can um go toe to toe with them being Phoenix and Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn can go toe to toe with Phoenix in offensive. But I think <laughs> I'm gonna go back to it. Jake Crowder. I think Jake Crowder will get in the head of Kevin Durant too See, much. Not, that's not the only thing though. Like the Chris Paul is definitely gonna get in the Chris head Paul. of one of them. Well, Chris, Chris Paul's gonna Paul, get with Kyrie. Chris Paul is that dirty type of player that will go up to you and trip you on quote yeah. unquote and accident. I got that. I, I I got a I got a nice take. Now you gotta think Chris Paul and James Harden were on Houston, who definitely underwhelmed. Definitely. Yeah. And Chris Paul was the one that got traded out of Houston because of friction between him and James. Well, not so even just that. Not even just that. You got to look at it this way, too. He's going against Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan as well, and he got traded because of him and the coach fighting on him being a starter or backup. You're right. Because, You're right. because Doc Rivers Doc Rivers wanted to start Austin Rivers instead of starting Chris Paul, and Chris Paul said, hell no. If you're going to start him, I'm leaving. And then after that, they traded him. Yep, that would be an interesting series right there. So that would be a good series, but at the same time, if Philly does make it out of the East somehow, you got to look at it that way too because Doc Rivers is on the other side. Yep, yeah, it could be either way. This is going to be an interesting NBA Finals. Yeah, and either way, you're going to have a team that, you know, hasn't won since 1983. So, I mean – at the end of the day, you know, props to all these teams that are finally, you know, up and coming. Agreed. I, I saw agree. I, I saw this thing on Instagram that said and Twitter. It was all over the place actually, and it said the revolution is happening. And you know what? I damn agree with them because the young players are finally going to be the star players. Yeah, it's finally happening. I think LeBron is uh, over the edge now, and uh, Father Time is definitely showing its head. Definitely. I agree with that. Um, All right. So I guess that's how we're wrapping it up tonight. We can wrap it up with that, and uh, we'll be back with plenty of sports talk. Um, I know a lot of our um, guys in the server like you know football so maybe we'll pick that up coming up next i already got a list for it next next time that we'll be on here we'll be talking about the julio trade and the new england patriots and then hopefully we can get into teams as well like the arizona cardinals and teams like that but um until next time i'm cj nicholas